This is a GRDC podcast. It'd be safe to say that many growers are keenly aware that it is folly to think they can rely solely on herbicides to control their weeds. Of course, that's why there's so much emphasis on integrated weed control, non-chemical methods to relieve the pressure on precious chemistries. One area of research that's showing real potential is robotics. A team led by Dr Mike Walsh from the University of Sydney's Narrabri Research Facility is examining the potential role of technologies such as lasers and electricity, amongst others, in weed control. The team started out measuring the amount of energy used in all manner of existing and potential controls. Now, one member of Mike's team is Guy Coleman, who is a precision weed control scientist whose work and hobby is developing autonomous weed control platforms, one of which he's built to help in the experiments at Narrabri. I talked to Guy about the work being undertaken here at Narrabri, but began by asking why the team chose energy use as the measure of efficiency of non-chemical weed control tactics. So with all these new methods, many of them haven't been tested commercially, so uh, they don't have that price behind them for the level of control you get. And that price is often the dictator of whether or not you take up a certain new technology or you uh, might use another one. So we couldn't use price, so that was out of the the equation. And the next most logical thing was, well, how about we look at uh, energy? So every control option has an energy cost associated with it. So even if you're spraying, the energy is associated with the herbicide you're using. So also associated with the diesel you're using for travelling across the paddock and all those sorts of things. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot more diesel consumed with ploughing. So we felt that if we standardised all these different control options, everything from your ploughing, your your tillage, all your uh, heavy-duty mobile ploughing and herbicides, mulching, thermal control methods, so flaming and microwaving and uh, even lasers, then that way we could get better understanding of which ones were the most energy efficient per weed and per hectare and then how these would be more applicable on a site-specific basis. Okay. well, what were some of the more energy-efficient methods? So we found that the energy-efficient methods on the broadacre basis, as you'd expect, were your, your tillage. So then we looked at the site-specific basis of the energy and which were the most energy-efficient on a site-specific basis, and we found the lasers, electrocution, and other op- options such as targeted tillage or those sorts of control options were quite efficient. Okay, and that's the work you, you're doing here. In particular, laser burning. Tell me what is laser burning first off? So it's using the the really high energy of the laser, so it's a really concentrated bit of light. If you can hit the growing point of that weed and just the growing point and heat it up to temperatures where the the cells inside the growing point burst and die, essentially, then you can control that weed and, and kill it. Okay, so that's the actual killing method. What about how you actually identify the weed? Is it similar to, say, the existing technology, Weed It, which uses infrared, or is it something totally different? So as you mentioned, the, those weed-type sensors, they use a reflectance, so the, the near-infrared, I think, of the weed, and they work in the, in the fallow situations. Uh, but we really want to work out how you can detect and identify uh, weeds in crop, so that way you can con- control them on a site-specific basis. And so we're looking to try and use these other sort of approaches using uh, imaging techniques. So you take an image and you, you feed it, and you train these machine learning algorithms so that they can then identify the weeds when you give it new data, such as through a camera on a, on a robot or uh, through images you feed it uh, separately. So what sort of criteria are you, are you looking at that you feed the uh, algorithm? 
So this one, again, it's an interesting point because when you look at a weed, we're trying to work out what we use to identify that weed as a weed. And so if you're in a crop and you've got wheat either side and there's a turnip weed or there's a wild radish there in front of you, the first thing that stands out is probably its structure. So the way it grows above the wheat, then its colour, and then the texture of its leaves, and the shape of those leaves. And it's the same sort of information we'd feed into a machine learning algorithm. So a combination of all those different shape, texture, structure, colour, and even sometimes near-infrared reflectance that we can't see, we can feed into these machine learning algorithms and then the algorithms decide which of those traits are the best to use to differentiate the crop from that weed. So, Guy, that's what you're doing right now, isn't it? You're building this algorithm. As part of this project, we're working with the Australian Centre for Field Robotics as part of the University of Sydney, and uh, we work with them to develop these algorithms uh, for these different weeds by firstly collecting the images and then uh, feeding them into the training data sets. So you're taking heaps of photos of weeds? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> once you've done that, once that algorithm is, is built, what happens then? How do you get the laser gun to the weed? actually trying to get the laser to that point you can either use it on a a broad acre system so like a typical boom you could have setups of each of these modules with cameras and then have a either a robot or a self-driving tractor or even just a normal tractor towing this implement behind and each time it finds a weed it moves that gun that we're talking about before that control module to target that weed and so that means you'd have a whole set of different cameras potentially and a whole set of different laser units so that's one way that would work for existing equipment and might be quite practicable in in broadacre settings. The other option is to identify where all the weeds are in a, in a paddock, perhaps using a drone or in a fallow situation, and then you send this autonomous vehicle out to each individual weed, and it then moves to the weed, and then it carries that a laser gun and then and shoots each of those weeds and kills them. So that's another way of doing it, either that, that broadacre system, like a boom uh, type setting, you might imagine, or even just a single laser mounted on, a, on an autonomous light robot that can drive over the field. You've proved the concept, I suppose, and now you're just sort of trying to create the machinery to do it. That's right, yeah, trying to work out what's the best way to really get around to these weeds and, and kill them, and is lasers the best option or some of the other options I mentioned before in terms of targeted tillage or electrocution and those types, are they more effective or are they more cost-effective now? Well, let's look at targeted tillage. Tell me what that is. So targeted tillage is basically, imagine instead of ploughing up a whole field, you can find where the weeds are, identify them, and then activate a tine that that comes down and and smacks the weed and and hits it out and then comes back up again. And so it comes out out of the idea that if if you're walking along through a paddock and and you saw a weed, you just kick it out with the heel of your shoe. Doing this, but on an autonomous platform, I guess is the idea. And so either again, mount it to an implement and have a whole bank of these uh, tines or perhaps on just a single robot with a couple of tines and instead of using herbicides, use tillage to reduce that burden on herbicides and prevent resistance. The other area that you're looking at is uh, electrocuting weeds. Now, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's really cool stuff. Uh, so basically, you use the, the weed as the, the final part of the circuit. So you put a negative electrode into the ground and then... On you carry around, or the ones that exist at the moment, they carry a positive electrode around your hand, and then when you touch the weed, the circuit is completed uh, through the weed itself. So that way, the whole of the weed becomes electrified and electrocuted, and then all the cells heat up and burst and expand, and then the roots die as well. So it, it can be quite an effective way of uh, controlling the weeds, and I think it's one we'll, we'll definitely look at in the future. You'd be looking at how that could be adapted on a site-specific but broad-acre approach. 
That's right. So you could always have uh, lots of individual arms, I guess, or robotic arms, or even just very simple uh, actuators that move the positive electrode that you use to touch the weed and, and kill it to the point where the weed has been identified. So you could have, again, lots of these modules and have the weed identification uh, happening and then moving each of these robotic arms to those weeds to, to electrocute them and, and kill them. The work you, you're doing is kind of like facial recognition, isn't it? But weed recognition. Essentially, that's it, yeah. So if we had faces on every single weed out there, uh, or if, well, the way I put it, if our faces were weeds, we would have been able to identify weeds uh, years ago because there's a lot of drive from, for obvious reasons from governments and security forces and all that sort of stuff to identify faces and who people are, even your social media, so Facebook and uh, Twitter, etc. Uh, they all identify faces. And so there's been so much investment in that area that facial recognition is quite easy to access. So I can quite easily download some facial recognition algorithms. I can take photos of my boss, Michael, and or myself and the other researchers here, Caleb and Assad, and, and then feed those into these algorithms I've downloaded. And they can be compared to a data set of 3 million faces. So that's, that's 3 million faces from around the world, and just purely in, in terms of uh, values. And that just doesn't exist for weeds. So there's no... But, but the concept is the same, is it? Exactly, yeah. The concept's the same. So the, in facial detection, uh, it recognises the, sh- the structures and shapes of your face, so the distance between your eyes and like the nose and all that sort of thing. So then in weeds, we can look at the differences between the plants. So, so what about the internodal differences in weeds or the structure of those leaves, as I was talking about before? So if we can adapt that, that concept and, and develop these uh, algorithms and these databases for weeds, I think we're in a, with a great chance in, to further identify and better weed control uh, in the future. It, it sounds like it's almost a done deal, but obviously it's far from a done deal. What, what are the challenges that are ahead for you? The weed detection is a real big one. So these machine learning algorithms do require significant amounts of data and they do require significant amounts of processing as well. And so while, while faces are easy in, in that they're often uh, distinct from the background or, or perhaps they don't look as similar as, as the objects around them, with weeds you've often got crops and areas of green behind them. So trying to identify those weeds uh, can be more tricky when you're taking these photos. So that's why I find detection, I think, will be a real issue. Uh, because once you've detected the weed and you can quite, I wouldn't say easily, but uh, with, with people with the right technical skills and all that knowledge and investment, you can then control things uh, t- to kill that weed uh, specifically. So that's why I think the barrier really is uh, building up either a, um, an open uh, database of weeds images, just like these facial recognition databases, or perhaps even uh, building up just uh, these algorithms themselves and, and helping people from either public or private uh, to develop better weed identification and what they do with that is up to them, I guess. Okay, so that's the tough bit, building up that library, I suppose, of, um, of images and data points. But you're confident that the actual control method, that's quite achievable? I think, yeah, the control method is achievable. So we can test lasers and we can test the electrocution and then uh, work out these dose responses and so how long we need to treat them with the laser and other, other sort of parameters like uh, measuring the, the beam width, so how wide and how or thick that laser beam is. The, the control options, I think, there's a great opportunity there to, to conduct great research in that area and that will just be developing the dose response and help to most effectively use these control options because I think there is a lot of promise 
in, in those options. Because that could be the tipping point for, for growers in terms of how efficient they are. You know, if it's going to take three minutes uh, per weed to kill it, you're not going to stand around watching, are you? No, although it's quite exciting to watch a, a laser kill a weed. Uh, but yeah, that's why we're trying to get that, that time down. So if so, the lasers we're looking at at the moment are about 10 watts, what we've used. And we've managed to kill weeds, very early stage weeds, in, in like a number of seconds. So eight seconds, we managed to get a pretty good weed kill. But then when, once you go into those larger weeds we're looking to target, it, the time does increase quite significantly. So that's why if we increase the power from 10 watts, which is well, a fifth of an incandescent light globe, all the way up to, say, 100 watts, which in the t- in terms of machines these days is very little. But in terms of laser, it's a 100-watt laser can certainly cut steel, and that's what they use for laser cutting. So if we can apply some of this technology that's outside of agriculture, uh, like these laser cutting or these big lasers, I think we'll have a, with a good shot at, at certainly killing some weeds. And you'd have the power on board a tractor or, or a robot? That's right, yeah. So it could either come from a set of batteries, so 100 watts, the machine itself, the laser unit, would be about 300 watts, depending on the efficiency. But either from a, a tractor, obviously with a power plant on it, and, or an autonomous vehicle with some batteries. So link it to either one of those and just uh, construct it to, to fit those, those purposes. It's an exciting area of work you've got here. Oh, it's, yeah, it's really, really good to be in this area and I'm really enjoying it and uh, looking forward to what we, what we produce. Telemetry recovered. Good to see someone who really enjoys their work. And the sound effects you can hear right now in the background comes from a delivery platform affectionately called Gordon, designed and built by Guy Coleman. Guy is a precision weed control scientist with the Uni of Sydney, based at Narrabri, as part of Mike Walsh's team, looking for effective non-chemical controls of weeds. 